All right, y'all, one more thing before we jump into today's episode. I want to give a shout out to my sponsor, my Uncle Steve. He's a mortgage banker at First Merchants Bank here in Ann Arbor. He gives people money to buy a new home, refinance an existing home, or build a new home. If you need to get pre-approved or just be educated about how home loans work, you can give him a call at 734-646-4522 or steveandersonloans.com. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Life with Libby. I am so dang happy to have y'all here. This is an episode that I have we've tried to record already, but due to technical difficulties on my end, we couldn't do it last week um, trying to figure out all the things. But I'm so happy to have Kyle on the podcast today. Um, So, Kyle, who are you? Kyle Perry. Uh, founder, CEO of Dreamland Wildlife Properties. So, Kyle, what do you do? Because uh, as as y'all know, like here on the podcast, like I was just talking about it with a friend. I don't have a specific niche of people yet. I feel like my niche of people is entrepreneurs. So Kyle's field of expertise is definitely not my field of expertise, but I'm excited to have him on here to learn more about like all that he does and all the different facets of his life. So Kyle, what do you do? I do a little bit of everything. So entrepreneur, you hit it right on the the head there with uh, that word. Um, Do a little bit of everything. I manage currently 7,200 acres of private ground in the Midwest from Michigan down to Ohio and over to Indiana, mainly recreational land that that uh, landowners use to get away from their busy business lifestyle, uh, get away for the weekend, spend time with family, whether it's hunting, four-wheeler riding, uh, or just getting away and stepping into a private property and hitting that button to uh, relax for the weekend. Um, Do a little bit of everything. We have those turnkey ready to go for those landowners. When they get there, they can enjoy it. They don't have to worry about maintaining trails, picking up limbs, anything like that. The property is turnkey, ready to go, managed by Dreamland Wildlife. I also invest into multifamily real estate. Currently have 24 units that I manage and operate on a daily basis. And I have some higher goals set forward for uh, rental properties as well as where I want to get to with uh, Dreamland Wildlife. That's amazing. How many acres did you say that you manage? 7,200 acres currently. My oh my, my immediate goal here in the next two years is to have 10,000 acres of private land under management. That's incredible. So how long have you been doing this? I have been doing this type of work since I was 13 years old. A little history of my uh, background growing up. I raced motocross starting out at age four. I raced motocross and traveled around the United States on the AMA circuit. Um, I was on the verge of going to be a professional motocross racer. My parents came to me one weekend and said, Hey Kyle, you know, we are willing to uproot our businesses and family and move you down to Florida or Texas, somewhere where it's warm that you can race all year round. Because as we both know, to be successful at something, you have to do it every single day, be consistent at it. And that that's your goal is, you know, being successful each career. So I sat by a pine tree for a weekend out in the backyard, bawling my eyes out. It might not have been the whole weekend, but it felt like a whole weekend. And I came to the determination that I could not uproot my family, my dad's businesses, 
and just the overall friends and family that I had in Michigan and, and leave them. So at age 13, I gave up a long time career of motocross and that following weekend, the, the track was being bulldozed that we had behind our house for practicing. And I went right from a bulldozed motocross track to planting trees and food plots and native grasses and enhancing it for wildlife. So one, one career passion led right into another. And from 13 on until I was 23 years old, I did it, you know, with my uncle and dad and friends and helping them with on their properties. And I always told my mom and dad that I always want to own my own business. I just didn't exact, exactly know what it was. Sure. Uh, sure. My mom and dad, mainly my mom, and she'll laugh at this, always told me I was dreaming. I always had these big goals and big dreams. And, you know, I'd, I'd tell her those and she'd say, you're dreaming. And that's where I got the name Dreamland Wildlife Properties because oh, wow. Dreamland represents that everybody told me I was dreaming. You know, I had these big goals, things I want to accomplish. And then that, that's how I got the first part of my business name, Dreamland Wildlife. So, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. And I'm extremely passionate about wildlife and just the overall holistic management of our natural resources across the United States. Yeah, absolutely. So this all started at, you said at 13, this all started like really, really young for you. That's, that's incredible. So how did you, I guess, how did you get into the wildlife part of it? If you went from it being a motocross track to it being wildlife, like where did you pick that up? I picked that up from my dad and uncle mainly. My uh, okay. uncle was the president of the Southeast Michigan Quality Deer Management Association. Okay. And my dad was involved in that as well. And, you know, as family, you get kind of involved with what other family members are doing. So I was there at those banquets. I was there at those weekend events facilitating, you know, prescribed burns, uh, demonstrations of timber stand improvement, and just overall wildlife rehabilitation projects with a group of like-minded individuals and mainly the state of Michigan. So I kind of became immersed in it that way. And then my dad said, well, you need to have a degree because not everyone's going to trust that you started doing this since you were 13. So I found myself out in Iowa for two years getting a degree in natural resource management at age 22, 23 years old. Okay. Talk about that a little bit. What was that experience like for you? Where in Iowa were you at? I was in Waterloo, Iowa, um, okay. which is, it's actually where, if, if anyone knows on the podcast, where John Deere, the the tractor company originated from. So it'd be like Ford originating in Detroit. John yeah. Deere originated in Waterloo. So it's kind of similar city. You know, John Deere's kind of moved on from Waterloo. So you get kind of a mix of good and bad there. But it's overall, sure. Iowa was absolutely incredible. And I think you and I were talking about this last week when we were trying to figure out the podcast situation. But, yeah, you know, moving away from... The, all your friends and family and really finding your true self out in a place that's absolutely isolated from the world. In my opinion, I was very centralized and excellent community of people that are willing to, you know, shake your hand and help you get anywhere you want to go in life. Yeah. Truly genuine people out there. Yeah. And you got to like wind because it is super windy. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, Yeah. Go ahead. With continue with that thought that you were having there. Yeah. So I I found myself out in Iowa, uh, away from everybody, and it was at 
the beginning, it was kind of, you know, I hit a wall. I was like, wow, this is super weird. You know, I don't have that friend down the road that I can go see or that family member that lives, you know, 15 minutes away that I can go visit. I was out there by myself. I knew one person at the time when I moved out there that worked at a bow shop that I had stopped at uh, on my way back from looking at the, the school that I was going to be going to. So it was very tough mentally to get over the fact that I didn't have anybody around to to help me. So I I really learned how to trust in myself and how to really be alone in that sense. Mm, The trusting yourself is such a huge part of being an entrepreneur. Such a huge part of being an entrepreneur is you have to learn to trust when things are a good move and when they're not and play into your strengths and their weaknesses. And so I just think that that's incredible that you were able to go and do that. Um, so then if you were in Iowa, what made you come back to Michigan? <laughs> that was a, that was a love at the time. Um, a girlfriend that I'd spoke with in Pennsylvania, we'd talk a lot. We ended up moving back to our original locations and really, you know, aside from the girlfriend thing, it was, I had a lot of connections in Michigan to build this style of business. So sure. it really helped have that kind of call it skeleton structure to, uh, to build the business and, and get off the ground with it. I had the resources back here from equipment and, and, and being able to rent equipment. It just overall, it fit, fit the design for building a business a little better than starting from complete ground zero out in Iowa. Right. right. And I just saw a quote the other day that said networking can get you places that a degree never can. And I just think that that's so true. Like networking is so important. And if there's like any advice to give, like if there's an entrepreneur listening, like I would honestly and truly say that like network is the most important thing that you can do. Like you said, you're trying to build a successful business and you knew that here in Michigan, you had those resources, not to say that one day you can't go and expand in other states, which you have done, but like, say you wanted to go out on the West coast and like you could continue to do that because you started here with those connections that you had. Would you agree with that? I would agree a hundred percent. And I was one other thing I was going to mention about moving to Iowa and truly being alone is Iowa taught me to learn to network, Mm -hmm. to be in in an uncomfortable room around people that are on a different level than you, but where you want to get to is being in that room and getting to network with like-minded individuals that are further ahead is very key point in growing your success and getting out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there was, I'm full of quotes today, apparently, but there's another quote that it's (laughs) like, if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like you need to always be growing and evolving. And I think some people miss out on that, but you're right. It's uncomfortable to go in a room and be like, wow, I had to talk to all these people and I don't know a single freaking person in here, but there's so much that comes from, situations like that yes that that probably that lesson there probably was the best lesson while living in iowa was learning how to find myself and learning how to trust in my networking abilities and and making new connections and connections that fit my lifestyle and where i want to get to yes that connections that fit your lifestyle and where you want to go to I think is a huge part of that because you can network with people all day who are in the same position as you but aren't looking to grow. I think you need to network with people who want to grow. Like sit at a round, 
be friends with people and network with people who would speak your name in a room full of opportunities. Like those are the people that you want to surround and network yourself with, I think. Yes. There was one a quote that I was thinking of recently, and this isn't my favorite quote, but there was one that said, uh, a friend won't become a, a client before a client becomes a friend. Yes. Yes. There are strangers on the internet that will support me before my own family does. And I think so many people get so caught up in what's familiar, what they know, who they currently know. And it's like, those people aren't going to help you grow. Like there is somebody that you could meet tomorrow who will be your business partner when you finally break that million dollar deal. And I think so many people forget that. Yes. Yeah. yeah and that's a hard, hard pill really to swallow is like absolutely really, truly, truly knowing who's there for you and who has your best interests. And it might yes. not be family or it might not be your best friend that you right. grew up with. Yeah. And that, and that's okay. And that's okay. Um, yes. what would you say the hardest challenge you've overcome so far in life has been? Hardest challenge. That's a hard one to even answer. Cause there is, you know, there's always new challenges and growth in business, but I would say today, hindsight 2020, the hardest decision that I had to make in life was taking my business full time and uprooting from uh, a career that was, you know, most people would say you're crazy to leave. And I was crazy to leave. Um, I, it, and I want to kind of go into that story a little bit because it's very yes. important to me and how Please I made that share transition. That story. Yes. So I was, I was working at University of Michigan at Dearborn. Uh, I took the position after a contract got lost with ITC Holdings, and I was currently managing high-voltage transmission lines, writing the vegetation management plans for them, and building my business on the side. And the, the lead manager came to all of us as a team at Davy Resource Group at the time and said, hey, you know, our contract's up with ITC. There is other opportunities across the United States my opportunity that they presented to me was California. And I said, no way. I already knew in the back of my mind, I was building my business and moving to California did not fit that, uh, you know, area of to build my business. There's just not that clientele out there. I do have mm -hmm. clients that live in California, but I don't have manage any land out there. So I ended up not, not taking that career to move to California. I ended up finding a job with the university of Michigan in Dearborn. And I was there for, I believe, a year and a half. I try to forget that because it probably it wasn't my favorite favorite job ever. It was, it was sure. absolutely. We all we all have those. Yeah, good benefits, good pay, solid job. That's not not ever going to be you know replaced by anything. And long story short, after a year and a half, I was driving into work for a half a day of work because I was flying to Florida to meet with some family down there that I wanted to talk to that already own businesses and ask them when is the right time to, to mm. go full time with your business and really in, immerse yourself in your goals and dreams and desires. And I was driving down us 12 and got cut off there for the listeners that know on us 12 where the, the Marion grain bins are just before you get into Celine, I had a, tr a car pass me at a, another vehicle it was like a box truck that was behind myself driving so when this guy decided to pass on us 12 he passed and didn't realize i was in front of him and 
so what happened was there was oncoming traffic coming the other way and he either had th he had three options one go off Yes. Yeah, so, so I was driving down US 12 in the morning, headed to a half day of work. And a, I had a box truck that was behind me, like a U-Haul, something that was a little bit taller. I had a little car at the time. And this vehicle decided to go and pass like three or four vehicles at a time. And I was the last one that he was trying to pass. He either could have went off the road on the left-hand side and, and hit a tree or had a head-on collision with the other vehicle that was coming in the opposite direction or cut me off. Well, he made the decision to cut me off and nick the front part of my bumper, which caused the car to kind of go sideways. And then I tried to hit the brakes a little bit, which was a bad So I ended up hitting my brakes. Well, I went sideways at probably 45 miles an hour, hitting a mailbox, going over kind of like a curb, like a, a hill that I the vehicle launched off of and hit oh probably six or eight trees, snapping them all off, you know, and, and all I was doing is looking at my right-hand side out my passenger window, sliding sideways into the dark. Like, didn't have a clue what was going to happen if I was going to die in that situation. And I hit those trees, and it's the it gives me chills talking about this. But that yeah. that noise of hitting those trees and snaps and just you know just the the jolts of the vehicle is is freaky. It's a, it is absolutely the most scary experience I've ever had, aside oh from wrecking motorcross you know motorcycles for well, however many years I raced and you know this was worse than that and yeah so luckily today I'm able to still talk because if I was three foot forward where I hit the trees you and I would not be able to be recording this podcast because I would not be here oh my gosh it was that that moment right there changed my life the way that I look at life forever Absolutely. It, it changed it completely I, I, after that, the, everything's dead. The car's smoking. My glasses are broken. The seat belt, you know, ripped against my ribs. It was kind of sore. The door was jammed. Like I had to bust my way out of the driver's side door even. And that was the opposite side. I was getting hit by the trees. So if that kind of shares with yeah. me, the, the, the vehicle was just mangled. The engine was almost pushed out of the front part of the car and the trunk was completely smashed. The only part of the vehicle that was still in good condition or better condition than everything else was the cab wow of, of the car and so I get myself out of the car and I'm like you know kind of blind and shocked like just all the emotions at once I didn't know what to think and I get out of the vehicle and there's three people coming up towards me and they're like are you all right are you all right and I go yes I'm fine I'm fine you know I've, I I know I'm fine because I've you know, I told him I raced motocross and I could tell if there was something broke if it fell off and I felt fine I just felt very uh sure. shaken up yeah and yeah yeah so what was crazy is there was a off-duty police officer and this was right during covid so i didn't even have a cop come out to uh, on scene it was like wow you make a phone call to the state police and they write your report but <laughs> so oh off-duty police officer a nurse like emt lady that was coming back home from work and then a firefighter that was going into the Celine Fire Department for work. So oh my like, gosh. I'm thinking like, man, this is such a blessing. Like, 
three people that could have saved, you know, if I was really injured, could have really saved my life. Like, what are the chances of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that moment right there really changed the way I look at life and then how I was taking my career with really not making that decision to take my business full time. So long story short, I, fl- I get my, I call my boss and I say, Hey, you know, I've been in a really bad vehicle accident. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it in for the half day of work that I'm planned for. He doesn't even say, are you all right? He goes, well, I hope you can make it in because we'd really like to have you here for these meetings today. And I'm oh like, gosh. all right, I'll do my best. You know, I'll, I'll do my best to be there. So that just hit different. I was like, wait a second. This guy didn't even ask if I was all right. He, all yep. he was worried about was me making these meetings. Right. Right. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And I already knew I'm not, you know, not going to work after letting that sink in a little bit. I mean, yeah. I was like, I'm not going into work that day. But no. I got my vehicle to the junkyard, got everything taken, situated there. Manchester Collision, awesome company over in Manchester for, for towing and so I ended up having them tow my vehicle, take it to the scrapyard. They said, you know, it's going to be like $300 for the car. I said, keep that money. You guys are great. I went to DTW, got on my plane that was scheduled to fly out at 1130. Flew to Florida for a week and a half. Stayed down there and talked to my uncle and shared with him what was going on and, you know, how I was feeling and all these different things. And when did I go full time with my business? And he goes, you're just going to know. You're going to get that gut feeling. You're going to feel confident in what you're doing. And you're just going to know when it's time to step away from the comfortability of having a a full-time job that pays you, pays your benefits, health insurance, the whole nine yards. And it it was that moment right there. I flew back, back from Florida and a week and a half later, I think it was, I went into that boss and I said, Hey, I'm done. He goes, you're not putting in your two weeks. I said, no. I'm, yeah. I'm, I said, I'm done. <laughs> he goes, no. well, what if you need another job? I said, my next job is trusting myself and working as hard as possible to accomplish the goals and dreams that I have on this earth for the limited time that we're here. Yes. And I think so- that story is incredible. And I'm just so grateful that you're here and able to share that with us. And life is so short. Like this life is so short and that's what I like, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, why not show up and chase your dreams? Why not? You don't get a do over of this. Like you might, like while we're here, you might as well be doing something that you love. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And and so it's scary, you know, it's scary going full time for yourself, even still to this day, you know, but each, each milestone that you reach is building confidence in you and, and giving you that energy to drive forward to accomplish that next goal. And really these past two years, I've been in business officially for four years now. And they always say, if your business makes it five years and you're still going good, you know, you're doing something right. Yeah. And so I'm at the point now where I've learned from other entrepreneurs and coaches that I have the pleasure of doing business with. They say, put yourself on a ladder and you're right in between. You want to be in the between part of that ladder where you have people pulling you up and, and pulling you to those next goals and telling you that you can do it and believing in you. And then you want to also have people on that ladder that are underneath you that mm-hmm. you're helping pull along, you know, getting them to that next level of their self. 
and that ultimately helps you go up the ladder easier because if you know think of it as a roofing company if you're pulling shingles up the roof and you have somebody right behind you they're giving you a little bit of a push on your foot to make that next step and then you have a guy up above that's you know maybe pulling your shoulders to where you, you you're lightening that load and that that kind of was cool to, to hear that analogy is have people you're helping and have people that are helping you that are above you and further ahead in the goals that you want to accomplish absolutely absolutely and i think it's so important too like in the visualization of the ladder always be climbing like yes. always be pushing towards the next thing and i think that that's so great so then who would you say has made the most influence in your life because you said that you flew down to florida and we're talking with your uncle and your dad and uncle kind of did this would you say that those are the two most influential people in your life i would say for a long term yes my dad's you know really one the one who who i would say is my biggest motivator he's he's not always been one to you know say hey go and do that because you know there, there's a different level of crazy when you're not set accomplish big goals and you know not everyone one understands that but he's been always the one that's been there in the corner to help me you know and get me along he knows that i have crazy goals but he also he's learned to trust that i'm gonna do whatever it takes to accomplish those and yeah, and growing absolutely. up like he always emphasized that kyle's the hardest worker like he works hard i'm not the best person but i'm willing to work the hardest to accomplish what i want to do yeah i just had so, um i was just talking about it with my best friend mel this morning that like i'm just so grateful that god gave me the work ethic that he did and I feel like the same could go for you. Like, how lucky are yes. we that this is something that that God gave us? Because not everybody, not everybody has that. Um, no, it's very unique. And if you can combine work ethic with consistency, you're gonna be very successful at accomplishing what else, whatever it is that you set your mind to. Yeah, absolutely. So then, what goals are you pursuing right now? Many goals. Um, I have. Well, let's hear them. <laughs> I have a lot of goals. I have some big ones, but I've also learned from mentors to set big goals, but also set, you know, incremental goals that get you to those big goals. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll start with the big ones because those are really, you know, what I want to accomplish and, you know, going down into the incremental goals, is going to be a long conversation, but <laughs> my big goals is, you know, for, for the life is I want to own 5,000 rental units, 5,000 oh. different, families that I can influence and help, you know, whether they have bad credit or they need a good quality place to live or a good quality place to store their, uh, you know, important uh, items, you know, storage yeah. unit. I want 5,000 families that I'm helping through rental properties um, that, I, that I own myself. That, that's, that's really incredible. for the real estate. That's yes. incredible. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I would say that that's, that's my big goal for re real estate rental properties. And, and uh, the next thing is, is really a goal that I, a huge goal. I want to design a software that truly helps conservation practices within, from the state level, federal level, and local private levels from a management perspective that really itemizes things out on a digital platform that can help assist people with their land management. So whether they're out in Florida and they forget that they need to prescribe burn or it's time to relook, 
look at their forest management plan for continuing to manage their property in the correct way that it's supposed to be managed. So really create a digital platform that, that improves that concept. And without giving too much of it away, um, that's really the simplified version, but that's a huge goal is yeah. launching a, a green website, a green software that's going to disrupt, you know, things in the conservation. And, and I'm sure you've seen it on my Facebook. My goal is to manage conservation practices nationwide through individualized um, branches across the United States. So without yeah. giving too much away, that's a huge goal for Dreamland. My next you know, my other goal is getting to 10,000 acres of private land management. That was one that I was going to be like a 10-year goal. That's going to most likely be accomplished in five, which I was shocked when, yeah. when I look back yeah. at it. That's incredible. And then... That's incredible. Then my other, my other goal is really, you know, focusing on relationships, having good people in my circle and keeping them there, uh, yes. and, and working on my physical health. Physical health has been one that I've been on the on the bad side for the last two years i've had a lot of different moves with homes and things which has disrupted my routine but really i want to get on a routine you know here here soon and get get my physical health back to where i want to be eating good working out consistently and you know that can be lost very easily in a a busy um lifestyle is is, uh it can the mental and physical health well, if you need a coach, I know a girl. Her name's Nicole, and she's been <laughs> kicking my ass since October. So, um, but awesome. where do you, where do you see yourself in five years? Wow, that's a that's a big question. I know. <laughs> uh, um, where do I see myself in five years? You know, I I really truly just want to see myself continually and accomplishing these goals that I have set out for myself, and and hitting those small incremental goals that are the milestones for the big ones that I, I kind of outlined. Um, five years, you know, I, I really want to truly be helping others in a way that, you know, my mentors helped me showing up for them as well. And um, I would say I want to do a little bit more traveling, uh, networking yeah. across the United States and around the world, diversifying sure. that, that group of people that I'm in communication with. Yeah. So looking at your career so far, what accomplishment are you the most proud of? I'm, I'm probably most proud of, you know, sticking with, say, my young young uh, goal of being an entrepreneur and running my own businesses. I'm, I'm extremely yeah. proud that that life's created those opportunities through hard work, consistency, and passion to ultimately get those opportunities. And you, and you could get those opportunities and let them pass by or you can capitalize on those opportunities and and accomplish those goals that you had at a young age like i never really knew exactly what i wanted to do with businesses i just always knew i wanted to run my own business i wanted to be my own boss yeah absolutely and i think just sticking with it that's that's the biggest thing and that is such a thing to be so proud of being an entrepreneur is not easy this shit is not for the weak And I think so many, Colleen and I talked about this on her episode um, a few episodes ago that like social media has a way of making entrepreneurs look like this shit is easy. And it's not, it's not. And I think that people get into being business owners and being their own boss. And they're like, this is way harder than I thought. And people give up. And I think that 
being proud of sticking with it is so huge because that is such an obstacle to overcome. If anything, that is the hardest obstacle to overcome is just to just to stick with it and keep going. Yes. Yeah. That is so true. And, and you know, I see a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, start out and they, they want to just do their own thing. But it's like, it's more than doing your own thing. You got to show up on the weekends. You got to show up at, you know, that's no joke, hundred hour work weeks. I mean, there's days where I'll go with zero sleep for two, three days because you have to get these things done. You know, mm -hmm. everything is not, you're still on a time schedule clock, right. but it's now it's, now it's you. There's nobody there telling you, Hey, you need to be upright in this estimate. Hey, you need to send out yes. these invoices. There's exactly. nobody there. It's, it's you. There's nobody there telling you what to do. And it's, it takes hard work. And you have to make sacrifices. Like this week, I'm on spring break. I'm off of work. I have still gotten up at 4 o'clock every morning, gone to the gym, and then I'm going to Starbucks and I'm working on, like, my life coaching stuff and, like, life with Libby things. Like, those are sacrifices that you have to be willing to make. There are going to be sacrifices in, in being an entrepreneur, whether it be it be sleep or a social life. Like I know for me right now I'm prepped, like I'm sacrificing a lot, but like think about what you really want and if those sacrifices are worth it. And I think one thing for me, like give it 24 hours. Like if you're like, no, this shit is not worth it. Okay. Think about it for 24 hours or maybe even a little longer. Like, do I really still like for me, like right now, like obviously like food cravings are very high and I'm like, <laughs> okay, do I really want to even think about eating this extra food it's like in 24 hours if you still want to consider it but like if not then no like don't give no. up want don't give up don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want right now you yes, know that is very well said yeah thank you that's another and there's a lot I've found <laughs> i think that quote should be livy <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, you know, and losing friends, you know, that's probably Ooh. been a, one of the, you know, most difficult is you're yes. going to lose friends because each sure different are. level of your success requires a different you and a different friend group. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that, that's really hard. Absolutely. In, in my opinion. That has been really hard. Yeah. And I think not a lot of people are willing to sacrifice that. Like people want the comfort of the friends that they've been friends with forever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so what is your, your favorite quote? <laughs> I seen that on the list when you, when you sent me that over for the podcast and I, yes. and this is one that my best friend knows and a lot of many, many other friends know, and it's work while they sleep, learn while they party, invest while they spend and live like they dream. So good. I love that. that. Is, that's my that's my favorite quote. I have a knife that's made out of it. Uh, I, I live by that every day. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it goes back to my my business name, Dreamland Wildlife. Like, Dreamland was created from those different things throughout life that people tell you you're dreaming, or you mm -hmm. know, but it, it's not. It can be accomplished. You just got to make those sacrifices along the way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, Kyle, are you a big reader or no? Not so much. So, you know, when I was in Iowa, I had a lot of free time that, you know, again, you didn't have those friends there. I, I created a different life for myself and reading was a very important part 
and it still is. I just don't get to do as much of it as I would desire. I, I find myself using each and every hour to either be networking or working on myself in oh. that sense that I'm almost kind of writing my own book in, in a way, but I, yeah. I try to read about a book or two a month. I used okay. to read three, four, five books a month and yeah. I'd, I'd change them up. I'd have motivational ones. I'd have business ones. I'd have fun right. ones about a wildlife story. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I did used to read a lot, but now it's kind of, you know, one to two books per month, which is not sure. where I want to be, but it's just kind of what I can get in. And I've, I can't do the audio books. I'm a, I'm a hands-on reader. Yep. I get that. So then what are some books that you would recommend? What are some, some top favorite books that just come to mind? My, the one that changed the way I thought about life. And this was one of the first books that I read in Iowa and that's rich dad, poor dad by Robert. Okay. Really? Okay, because yes. it's been on my list, but I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to order it right now. Now that you said that, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I've heard that book from so many people. I'm going to go yes. read it. That is Talk about that. Hands- that book really, it, it really implemented the, the way of life, you know, growing up. Because you'd see these people that their dads would have all this. And then you'd be with another family and a dad that has very little. And it's like, not that either one's bad or good but it's all what you want to get out of life. And it's about setting you up. You know, you got, you have two ways of going about life. One creating the goals and uh, accomplishing the things that you want to do. And then the other part is just skating by, you know, going to that 40 hour job and having that, that weekend time to do what you want to do. And, you know, it's really, it really outlined two different ways of going about life. And, you know, from my personal opinion, I want to be the rich dad because You know, as, as I'm, I, I stop focusing on money. I don't look at money anymore from, I don't put that in my goals. It used to be a goal, but I, I learned to, uh, through mentors, is forget about the money and be yep. good at the great, be great at the things that you hate. You know, so if you hate getting up early, get great at it. If you hate yep. going to the gym, get great at it. If you hate reading, get great at it. If you can't stand working 100 hour weeks, get great at it. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so, Things like That's that in that book stuck out to me. That's such good advice. If you get great at the things you hate. That's so good. That's so good. What is an- what's another book off the top of your head that you could think of? My next favorite book is The Closer's Survival Guide. And I, okay. I don't know if I'm saying that title right, but it's by Grant Cardone. And it really okay. goes into the, uh, the whole sales side of things. I mean, you have to sell yourself every day on getting up and going to the gym because you know it's good for you yep. um so you really it's about going through life and figuring out okay how can i solve somebody's problem and then close them on this and on me solving that problem for them and you know yes. you can get all these different leads and businesses and write out you know hundreds of estimates but if you're not closing then you're ultimately not you know not getting what you want out of it and that's a, a opportunity to change somebody's life yes. whether it's improving their property improving their you know, mentality, their lifestyle. It's really about closing and you've got to get that, that closed deal to, to ultimately, you know, sign on the dotted line. Right. Do you have another one for me? I um, love this. I've, I've recently been reading more. Like I'm just trying to fill my brain with as much knowledge as I possibly can. And so I want yes. all the book recommendations. <laughs> the next favorite one was by John Maxwell. And I forget what the book. Oh, 
Um, John Maxwell has a lot, but you said that, and I thought Jack Canfield, and that's not who you were going with, but that's another no. book. Yes, that is another book. Gosh, what was the book called? I feel like anything by John Maxwell is a great idea. He's got um, The Laws of Leadership. Um, yes, it was the ones. book of how successful people think. Oh, okay. That's yep. That's the other one that sticks out for me. That's been, okay. you know, just key. That's those different things. I've read a lot of different ones, but those are the three that really like hit home for, for what I feel has truly helped me get where I want to be. And I'm definitely nowhere okay. near what I, where I want to end up, but I'm on that journey and the journey is the best part. The journey is the best part. And I think that that's another part that people miss being an entrepreneur is they get so caught up in these goals that they want to achieve that they forget to appreciate the journey of it. Like, yes, this shit is hard, but like, how lucky are we that this is something that we get to do? Yes. Yeah. I I've, I've had those moments actually in my career, you know, it's like you look to the next thing, but you got to really look back and be like, wow, I am almost to 10,000 acres under management Yeah. before, before the time frame that I had set the goal for. And it's like, you just got to be so thankful for not only the people that are in your corner to help you get there, but also, you know, yourself, you, yeah. we, each one of us are setting our lifestyles up to accomplish those. And, you know, it's easy to forget about, but it's, I think it it's is. a very important thing to look back and, and really capitalize and, and uh, envision, you know, how you got there, what worked, what didn't. That leads me to something I don't think it was in, you know, a mentor once told me, he said, you need to find a place that you can disappear to for a week or two. And maybe only your dad or your best friend knows you're there. Separate mm -hmm. yourself from the hustle and the goals and the lifestyle and disappear to somewhere where you can get clear serenity and immerse mm -hmm. yourself in you. Because you, yes. no matter how many people you're helping, how many you know businesses you own or how many goals you have, if you don't put yourself first, you're going to lose yourself in amongst the whole hustle and bustle. And that was like, wow, that's crazy. And there was enough. That I learned that from a book as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've learned to take a trip, you know, once a year, maybe twice a year. Just depends on, you know, if you're accomplishing so much more and you're like, all right, I need another one of these trips to get this yep. clear vision and tranquility of serenity through you know, whether it's sitting in the wilderness, Alaska is a state that hits home for me. It's one that mm -hmm. I can go to. It's separated from the lower 48 and I can yep. fully immerse myself in me. Yes. Yeah. And I think that it's so important to so many. This is another thing that entrepreneurs do. And I think that social media has also done this where we just feel like we have to hustle all the fucking time. And yes. you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't. No. And it's such a disservice to the people that you are trying to serve if you're not pouring into yourself first. It's al yes. it's almost rude for you to continue to hustle and continue to pour into those people when you're not pouring into them when you're at your best self. And I think so many people fucking forget that. It's like you I have agree. to take care of you. You have to. And so and that might look different for everybody. Like for you, that looks like going to Alaska. Like Every it looks different for every person. Like I would love to go on a vacation right now, but unfortunately I'm on prep and I can't do that because I'm on that 
spring break right now and that would have been great but it's like once that's over yes i'm taking a much needed vacation and taking time off isn't selfish it's actually self-serving and yes yeah yeah you have to do and that's hard for you know entrepreneurs to kind of get through because you know you have that you're so driven you're so passionate you're so you know you're focused on accomplishing that next goal that you do have to take those times and I think that self-reflection is key. And, and yeah. going back to what you said, is looking back at what you've accomplished and feeling good about yourself because you can get lost in the next goal or the next post on social media. And you know, that's something I've been truly struggling with lately is what do I post on here? Because social media engagement's gone so far down that I'm like, what am I spending all this time for marketing and and, right. and working on things like that aren't working and no, I it's agree. kind of, you know, it's, it's like you can lose yourself in posting too much on social media or trying to engage with too many people. And it's like, oh, I've yeah. kind of taken changed focus. And now I, this past year I said, I'm going to go, go to more events. I'm going to be in those rooms where there's creating meeting opportunities yes. for new clients. And, you know, and you can use that as a donation to reduce your taxes, you know, to where you, all those different variables showing up to that room, donating your money to, good causes and things that you believe in, but also you're in that room of people that are doing the same thing that are involved with the same style of businesses that you're, you're involved with and you're around them. There's yep. nothing better than face to face interaction and communication with people that are, you know, where you want to get to, or they're, they're working on things that you're working on as well. I agree. I agree. Would you say, cause this was a thought that I had, would you say that, taking a break and like unplugging is almost harder than hustling a hundred percent i would agree with that as well i would agree with that the, as well the only thing that that helps me take the time off is because during hunting season a lot of my clients are outdoorsmen and yeah. they're spending time on their property which which means they don't want me spending time on their property so that allows me a you know a good three months of self-reflection travel um, focusing on what I'm going to advance forward in the next year for business because it really works out because October through January 1 is hunting season. So yep. I get that full three months at the end of the year to really immerse myself in my goals, my desires, what worked, what didn't, and right January 1, boom. Not that I'm a new year resolution type of person, right. but that new year is that like, all right, we're off to the, you know another great start. Yep. Yeah. So yes, oh. stepping away from the hustle is hard because, you know, I'm so passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I show up on Sundays and landowners like, oh, I apologize. You know, that Sunday's the only day. You don't have to apologize. I'm here because I absolutely am truly passionate about this. And I love the excitement that comes out of helping others accomplish what they want to do, whether it's, you know, working out or uh, showing up for a bodybuilding competition <laughs> coaching businesses all everything yep. you know whatever you're helping with and what you're whatever you're passionate about having other people happy about that is so much better than showing up and you know going oh well, my ac's broke you know pissed that it's been down for two right. weeks and you're too busy to show up to do it no i don't right. want to be in that negativity nope no surrounding yourself with with good people and all that is so good so yes. good well kyle where can people find you on i know that you said that you're not really big on social media <laughs> but if people were to look for you on social media where can they find you i am on social media i i, I want to figure it out but 
right now I'm kind of going through changes and figuring out what I need to do to restructure social media. You can find me on YouTube, LinkedIn, okay. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and call me on my phone. Type in Dreamland Wildlife on Google and give me a call. That's, to be quite honest, is the best way to get a hold of me. I'm always okay. you know, on the road or in a, in a machinery that I can talk, but I can't always text or, you know, comment back here, message on social media. So honestly, the best way is to, to go on Google, type in Dreamland Wildlife and, and uh, give myself a phone call. Okay. Awesome. Well, Kyle, this was so, so good. And I just appreciate having you here on the podcast. I think that this is really gonna resonate with a lot of people. I think that this was far more than what I thought it was going to be, which is incredible. Um, it's so crazy how entrepreneurs can be in completely different facets of the world and yet still come together when it comes to things like this, because you're just going to be able to pour into and inspire so many people with the message that you just shared. So I appreciate I you appreciate so much for that. Yes. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll touch base because I have a feeling I'm going to have you on the pod again, because this was really good. I really look forward to that opportunity. And for all the listeners, Libby is a very inspirational person. And, you know, I look forward to another opportunity to get on a podcast and really talk about what it is that we do, because a lot of the things that we were working on and is all in the dark room, you know, showing up for ourselves, working out, you know, nobody really knows that you're up at 4am or I'm up until 2.30am doing estimates. But, right. but those are the things that we can share on this podcast that could inspire somebody else that, hey, I'm not the only one doing this. There's other yeah. people doing this, but it's about finding those people showing up to the room with them and learning and engaging and growing as a whole. Amen. Amen. Oh, <laughs> this was so good. All right, Kyle. Well, this was great. Um, we're going to wrap it up. So thanks y'all for tuning in for another episode of Life with Libby. I will see y'all next week. Bye y'all.